Hey, this is Braden King, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Braden, tell me a little bit about, like, I read that you kind of based yourself in Edmonton now. Now, I know American Idol, you, you've got so far, you had the golden buzzer in that, or the golden ticket, as they say. Yeah. But yeah. tell me the move. Like, I, I'm interested in all aspects of, like, because I'm from Newfoundland. So, like, I went to Ontario for school, and someone's like, of course you did. And I'm just like, what is that supposed to mean? But, I mean, you go from, I guess, Saskatchewan to Edmonton. So, like, why that career move? Basically, uh, the initial um, thought process was to go to uh, Edmonton for university. I, I wouldn't say I felt pressure to go to university, but like, it was like everyone was doing it. I could definitely feel like uh, my parents wanted me to get some sort of education. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to go to school for something, it's going to be something that I know I'm going to enjoy and that I'm good at. Cause I was not a good student in high school. I was not like, the only reason I got the honor roll is because my music and drama classes were so high in marks that they balanced out the fact that I almost failed. I almost failed history, you know, like it just, it, it was like a nice balance. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to go to university, I'm going to go for music. And if I'm going to go to university for music, I'm going to go somewhere that's like good. And McEwen university is like pretty renowned for being quite a good uh, music school. So I went for, uh, you need to pick like a primary instrument when you go in and I picked voice. I don't want to say that it didn't help at all because it did, especially in aspects of like music theory and ear training. I definitely still use those tools, but when it dove deep into like the (laughs) learning all of these jazz music scales and all of these crazy chord substitutions and stuff, I'm like, man, I jazz music this ain't for me like this is not (laughs) this is not it and then in my second year i decided it was i I never thought i was like good enough to be an artist so i was like you know what i'm just gonna like i I was always thinking safe routes like what's a safe route for me to like be in the music industry but like be safe and i was like oh well i could be like an artist manager or something so i went in to kind of like the music career management side of things in in university and this is my second year diving into school some lots of the stuff i already knew like because i'd been booking my own shows for so long for my previous bands and stuff and it's like okay you guys are like kind of just scratching the surface where do we get to the like to the bones of this i got into this class and it was like intro to music career management and in the first class the professor who is a jazz guitarist and has been a professor at McEwen for a long time. In the first class, he said, I think it's safe to say none of us are going to go on to be, be big superstars. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I'm in the wrong place. I am in the wrong place. Like, this really, that put a fire under me. And I was like, you know what? I not like I'm going to prove you wrong kind of thing, but it just kind of, it was like, I don't need to be here anymore. It's almost like, don't, don't, it's like, all right. I think he was kind of setting it up as almost like, okay, 
we've we've set the path of where we are and you're just like i don't think i'm on this path yet like maybe someday but right now no yeah i want to leave i want to like i want to turn on my signal light and go elsewhere <laughs> yeah, totally and like in that same class we had a guest speaker and he was the drummer for a band called striker and they're a metal band and when he was 20 years old from edmonton opened for metallica and went on world tours and for 10 years he was a touring drummer and that was an inspiring conversation an inspiring talk because he talked about everything except for what we were learning in school he was like talking about how you build fans not how can i get a job playing guitar on a cruise ship like he was talking about building fans and how to release music and how to attract industry people and how to build a brand and all this stuff. Like it, it was so interesting. And that conversation, I have it recorded and I listened back to it probably four times just because there were so many great points in there that basically he said, we built our career by doing two things, releasing music consistently and touring consistently. And I was like, okay, that's all it takes. Let's do it. Let's do it. So then what did I do? I I left school and I started booking as many shows as I could in my first year. I played over 120 shows and I was playing anywhere, like private backyard parties, bars, festivals, whatever, anywhere that they would take me. And then I was recording music on a shoestring budget with friends. And then it just kind of progressed to... uh, oh, now we're getting offers to the point where I can have a band behind me and hire players to come play with me. And now we're, we're at that point very consistently now. And I, I switched producers and, and now I'm working with people that like, now we're producing music really consistently. And now we've gotten to the point where it's like, I've set myself up to do exactly what he said. Like it's not slowing down and we're doing a new song every eight weeks for the next two years, single after single, after single, after single. And it's like a lot of work, but I'm like, I can see the possibility of success in that, in that Avenue, you know? So I don't know. It was definitely a big risk for me, like leaving school. And I still got a, I got a diploma, not a degree. So I did two years and I got a diploma. I don't use it. Like nobody cares that you have a music diploma. Nobody, nobody cares. Join the the club. I have a communications communications degree and I used to have it behind me with all this like Detroit memorabilia. And then I was like, I I went to Algonquin for radio and Loyalist for sports. And I was like, now I have it off here on the side, like for my own, like, you know, for your own praise, I've got them all framed. But like, Showing yeah. that on like a podcast where it's like, here's my degree. Someone's like, yeah, big fucking whoopee. I'm just still like, it is a big fucking whoopee. <laughs> like, don't tell Dude. me why it's a big fucking whoopee. I'm a big fucking whoopee. Dude, I have my diploma. It's like just sitting in a drawer at my dad's house. Like, <laughs> so I had it. Well, I mean, that's it. Like, it just came. I mean, listen, you're, I'm like 31. I feel like you're still relatively young too, but it's like, I had it in my brother's when, when i was in ottawa i had it in my brother's uh house like in my room up there i was just there it was framed but i was like whatever i'm not putting it up i came home one year for christmas with it like as a big deal like oh i have a frame i have a frame and then uh i put up my room and then my other two have been just in uh the basement or in my room here in newfoundland just 
you know, just piece of paper, like, you know, and I was like, never crinkled up just there. And I was like, man, it'd be nice to have them framed for me, just so I know that this is stuff that I can accomplish. Like when you feel kind of like low or depressed, you're like, Hey, I, I accomplished that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just crazy, man. But it's nice. I to have. It is. It is nice to have. It's like, uh, it's a little like memory from a moment in my life because there is a lot of great memories that I associate with university as well. Like, Absolutely. I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun and I met my, uh, my now lead guitar player. I met him in university because when we were, uh, first, first year, first class, you needed to be put into like basically bands and they just computer generated like two singers, two guitar players, a bass player and a drummer all in uh, one. And, and they're like, okay, go learn a bunch of Beatles songs. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I've been doing this since I was 15, like yeah. uh, cover band stuff and uh, got into the room and realized that I was playing with some of the best players I'd ever seen or played with. And, and they were all my age and it was awesome. And I was just, in awe with this guy playing guitar named Roman and he knew every classic rock riff that you could think of and he played it note for note perfect and he had the style and, and everything and we started a little cover band basically that ran all through our first year of university until COVID cut off okay. our university year right so uh Roman and I kept in touch but like it just kind of fills it out but then uh when I was getting to the point where I needed backing players to come play shows with me. My now drummer, Cody, who also helps put together all my band members. We're pretty solidified now as to who is playing in the band, but like near the start, like I'd have a different bass player every time I'd have a different guitar player every time. It just d depended on who was available. Right. Cody was like, yeah, I know this young guy who's been playing some pubs for me. His name's Roman. And uh, he's like a really good country player. And I was like, Roman Kozlowski. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, freaking bring him on, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and so like, had I not met Roman in university, maybe we wouldn't have the chemistry on stage that we do now because we played together when we were 18 and 19 and like university when I was there, I think I was like trying to be, sometimes I was trying to be a rock singer, yeah. which I still bring into my stuff a lot now, but like, I was also trying to sing like R and B and I'm like, okay, like looking back, I was not the right guy to be singing. Like I could pull it off kind of, yeah. but like this, just what I'm doing now feels so much more authentic, but I, I'm like, okay, I had to go through those stages and realize what I like doing and what I don't like doing, what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. I did have a bit of like private vocal training at the university, just by doing that kind of training with a coach also inspired me to do a bit more deep diving on my own of like, Oh, how do I sing in this distortion? How do I scream like Hardy if I want to, or like, uh, or like realizing that like, Robert Plant wasn't singing as hard as it sounds like he was. It's actually quite effortless how he was singing and figuring out all these, like, I think I needed that time to kind of hone 
my voice and also just kind of figuring out life. It was kind of nice to have those university years of like going to the exact same club every weekend and getting too drunk with the same people every weekend. You know, it's like, that's, that's what first year was for, you know, it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'm definitely thankful for the time, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy. Roman actually stayed in school when I left, he stayed and he just graduated like a month ago. I was going to say only, only for you said their last names. I was going to like make the joke here of, I was just like, didn't Roman and Cody just had headline WrestleMania? Like, isn't, isn't that what happened? Uh, oh like, shit. Yeah. yeah. Here you That's are, crazy. here you are per- performing your dream or living your dream. And they're like, you know what? We were in a band with this guy, Brandon King, but then we decided to go the wrestling route and look at us. We're headlining WrestleMania. And he's out doing American Isle, getting a golden ticket. I'm like, I don't know which one's better. I don't know which one's the better story. I'm, I'm like, oh, at least on, the, on the WrestleMania side, one of you come out a winner and the other's a loser. But on this yeah. side, he, he gets a golden ticket, almost like a money in the bank briefcase. He can use whatever he wants. Technically, no, you can't, but yeah. get farther. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny you say that too, because Roman, especially Cody, yes. especially Cody, but Roman as well, they really like like WWE and like wrestling. I recall this one time, like a month ago or two months ago, we were playing Cody's a bit old. Like Cody's about 20 years older than me. So like, uh, and Roman's my age. Our bass players are, are usually like, we play with a guy named Ray cam and they're both like older than Roman and I, but they're like, they still like to kind of like party and have some fun with us and stuff. But Cody is more of like a homebody, and like he, once the show's done, he'd rather go to the hotel and just chill. We came back from the bar after like Cody had left right after the show and we come in at like two in the morning and Cody's got his laptop out and he's watching YouTube. Yeah. Cody's watching freaking. I can't even remember what it was called. It was called like extreme wrestling. Okay. And so like, like ECW or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, dude, I kid you not. Like this is like in a mall parking lot filmed oh. on a potato. Okay. And like, and people were like smashing glass windows on each other's backs and like, they're getting all cut up and stuff. And I'm like, Holy crap, man. Like someone's going to die in here. There's blood everywhere. And he's just sitting there like, like, I think he might've been eating a snack too. Just like, Uh, just chilling, man. (laughs) Just chilling. Yeah. And I'm like, and the next thing you know, we're all huddled around Cody's bed watching this shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's enticing. I remember getting exposed to it when I was like smaller. My two older brothers were like, now it's like eighties, but it's like Hogan, macho man. And you're kind of like, what are they doing? It's like, oh, they're wrestling. I'm just like, what? It's like, that doesn't look normal. And then like, here I am 20 years later. And then, yeah, I'll tune it in every now and again. But like the attitude era, like the peak of it in the 90s, I was just still like going to school and I'd be like, it's like, yeah, sticking up middle fingers. And then it was like, and it's like, you go home, you're like, I don't know why I did that. I seen it on TV. I thought it was cool. It's like, I don't really, <laughs> even hate, I don't really even hate the teacher. I just thought it was cool to just go to the school, like bottle my head and throw up middle fingers and be like, cause I said so. And they'd be like, your kid has an attitude problem. I'd be like, no, he's a wrestling fan. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh man. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's hilarious, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just go to school and just be like, be like the teacher's like, uh, do you know what I said? It's like the rock says, and they'd be like, who? And I'd be like, uh, I'd be like, never mind. I'm embarrassed. I gotta go. <laughs> I want to ask you, kind of get into a little bit of the music side and the American uh, idol side here. But like, 
Yeah. I, like there's Canada's Got Talent. There's America's Got Talent. There's a whole bunch of these shows now. But like what made you choose the American Idol route? Like, because if I'm in my mind and I'm picturing like marketing wise, I'm like, again, nothing against Canada. But I just look at the American side and like, if I'm a Canadian going to America Got Idol or yeah, American Idol and I go far, I feel like more people see that than Canada's Got Talent. But maybe I'm a little bit jaded because sometimes I look at Canada's Got Talent and I'm like, nothing against Howie, nothing against these people. But I'm just like, who are you to kind of tell me to judge talent where it's like the pecking order where I feel like on the American Idol side, it's like if Luke Bryan says I suck, I'm not going to be like, oh, he said I suck. I definitely suck. But it, it does have some weight compared to yeah. a comedian trying to grade me on music. And that's nothing. That's not a shot at Howie. It's just that, if, yeah. you know, like there, there are three musicians grading you on music. Makes sense. Where Canada's got talent or America's got talent. I come up and sing and I'm listening to a comedian tell me you suck. I'm like, have you picked up a guitar? It's like, no. Well, then yeah. how are you able to grade me? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's interesting. I if you scroll back in my uh, in my TikTok, you will find a video that I I don't think I took it down. Uh, I basically had someone comment on a video, and I responded to the comment with a video, and the comment was "Go on American Idol," and I basically made a whole video, like a thirty second clip, saying why I wouldn't. Yeah, this is like two years ago. And then I got a DM on Instagram from an American Idol casting producer. And uh, they asked me to audition. And okay. basically they put me into like a virtual audition on Zoom. And uh, that went well. And they moved me on to a next audition, which was with the executive producer. That went well. And then they invited me down to Vegas. Flew me out with my dad. And it was really, really cool. Like we were in Vegas for about four days and lots of filming, a lot of like hurry up and wait kind of things like kind of crazy. And, uh, yeah, I went into the audition room. I sang my original song called down that road and, uh, they really seemed to like it. And, uh, Luke compared it to like Ed Sheeran meets Chris Stapleton. And I was like, huh, okay cool man so i thought it was over and then and then katie's like can you sing an ed sheeran song just because luke said ed sheeran sure enough i go sing an ed sheeran song i i pulled it out of my ass man i i hadn't yeah, sang yeah. that song in like four years uh but i did it hi i'm steve yurko and i'm tara sands now available from maji media is our new podcast four kids flashback Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. 
Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking, who doesn't? But ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. And uh, they, they seemed to like me a lot, and uh, they gave me three yeses and uh, the golden ticket. So that meant I got to go to Hollywood. And I think the number is like there was 120,000 applicants for this season. 160 people got golden tickets. So when we got to Hollywood, there was 160 of us contestants. In Hollywood week, it's in L.A., I think it's called like LA theater or something like some big theater, like old theater. And uh, basically it's like the three judges sitting at their panel. And then the audience is the other contestants. It's, it's like a boot camp kind of thing. Right. Basically in the first round, everybody went through and sang a song solo and then they cut people. So that was the first two days. And in the first two days I performed on the second day and they put me through to the next round. They cut from 160 to 90. And then they got us to pick our duet partners. And I picked my duet partner. Her name was Eliana. And she was really, really sweet. And we made this rendition of I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. And we performed it. And it was great. And uh, I was so confident with it. And I thought it was awesome. Then Luke said, I think that might be the best version of that song we've ever heard. And I was like, damn cool uh and then um they put me through and they cut her and i was like oh well that kind of sucks but like at least i mean things happen right and then i found myself in the top 55 and the top 55 performance is a showstopper performance where you perform for a live audience 600 people uh my girlfriend got to fly out for this one you perform with the american idol band which is led by Katy perry's musical director it's like a 13-piece band, backup singers, the whole thing. And it was so badass. It was so cool. And I went out there. I sang a song called No Good by Kaleo, which is just a freaking rock song. It's hard rock, and it's awesome. And I was up there screaming and dropping to my knees. And just I'm like, man, I'm going to give him a showstopper performance, you know? As I walked off stage, I was like, I gave him everything I could. And the judges were up in the balcony. They're just like, yeah. <laughs> they give me the devil horns. I was like, so that's sick. That's so cool. And then they do this thing called final judgment. And they just basically let you know if you made it to the top 24 or if you're going home. And they basically said that they really liked me and they thought I had a lot of potential, but like, it's, it's a stiff competition, you know, and, uh, they, they sent me home and, you know, I, I left feeling so content because I made it further than I ever really thought I would make it. I didn't even expect to make it past the audition. So to make the top 55 is like just crazy. And uh, yeah, that was kind of the whole uh, experience. And I didn't get aired on the show. Like they didn't show any of my performances. And I found that out 
a week before I was allowed to announce that I got my golden ticket. So they sent me an email and they're like, this is all it was. It was like, hi, Braden, thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, we will not be showing your performances. Thank you. Bye. And I'm like, oh, sick. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like, okay, it's over. Like, this is not going anywhere uh, with the idol thing because I at least expected to get a little bit of exposure. And I was like, well, at least I can still announce that I got my golden ticket. Like, hopefully that will do something. Yeah. And I, I thought it like maybe a couple comments, like a couple, yeah, good job, you know, from, from my oh, yeah. family members and stuff, you know, didn't really realize I had, you know, I even had fans at the time, you know, I was just expecting a couple like friends and family to be like, yeah, good for you. But it just kind of took off because I guess it's not very common for a kid from Saskatchewan to go on American Idol and make the top 55 and have all these crazy experiences. The support just kind of blew right up and it worked out that, I was released. I released a song, "Living the Dream," right at the same time, and that song did has still been doing quite well. And we took it to radio, and it's still doing pretty well. And then I announced a tour right around the time, and it's like, okay, like let's build yeah. off this momentum because all these people care now. And I was expecting like a bunch of backlash from people. I don't know why I was expecting this, but like backlash from people, like, oh, you weren't actually there. Like they didn't show you all that yeah. shit and like all that like no it is, it is like, social media it, 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 it's, yeah it's, you know you expect that so yeah i did get a couple uh, like comments of like people that'll come up to me at my shows and they're like man like why don't you just ask them for the footage yeah and i'm well, like was, yeah oh. I, was, I, I did that but i was wearing a disguise sorry yeah <laughs> no and it's like no and they're like you should just tell them to show you more and i'm like no like it doesn't work like that like but um it's no, it was a great. If your grandma, your grandma's like, <laughs> sweetie, just tell them to show you more. It'd be great. And yeah, just like it doesn't work like that way, man. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. So it, it's just funny that way. But uh, all I'll say is like, thankful for the experience for sure. Would I do it again or any other show for that matter? No. Why no? Is it just because it's like, well, like if I was thinking of it, maybe it's like the process of going through it might have been a little bit much or like you're like okay but i i didn't get to where i was going but i don't know like i i know what you're saying because it's not much exposure like you're the one putting out you got a golden ticket they're not really doing much in sense of saying like hey we'll help you it's almost like dude you didn't make it here we're not helping you but i i think the the side note of that is people it's we're in a world of social media so like if you just put out your song uh living the dream and then it's like almost like, okay, just another guy from Saskatchewan putting out a song. But when someone sees a golden ticket and it's attached to American Idol, regardless if you were seeing, it could have been like a Photoshop picture, right? And then people are yeah. like, people are like, damn, okay, I'm interested. Like, why are you interested? Because I'm vain like that. And he won something. Yeah. Right? Like, it's like me. Totally. I, could, I could put out an episode tomorrow and say, Tobin Tonight, just another episode. But if I put in like CBC's or ctv's number one downloaded podcast disclaimer not but someone will be like damn that i want to take i want to listen to see what people see in this guy why is he number one it's like it's just an attachment i think it's interesting because when you come from like the american isle experience or i think it was like new law uh they're from out west they did america's got talent and they mm-hmm. kind of went through the whole showdown of how that worked for them i'm like dude right. it's still like nice that you've gone on it and i'm sure they they peaked because they've mentioned it 
but I've seen artists that like I mentioned earlier, like BB Mac, that they were like they were famous before, like when I was small, and then they just kind of disbanded. But some of those members will go on America's Got Talent to try to like revive the career, and a judge will tell them, "We don't get it." I'm just like, now you lost me because that person already has songs out, and you're telling them that you don't get it. Like that's yeah. why I, sometimes I'm looking at a judge. I'm like, you realize who this person is, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we do." I'm like, and you're telling him he can't sing, but yet he's he sold albums at part of a, a boy group, and he's just like, "Yeah, big deal." I'm like, no, you lost my credibility. <laughs> I mean, the reason I would say uh, no to like doing something like that again, because reality TV singing competitions or any competitions, it's not always, it, it's not about the singing. Like, yeah. of course they need to be good singers, but it's a story competition. I felt that in order for me to fit the mold that they wanted me to fit, I needed to be something that is not my authentic self. If I'm going to gain fans from a show, I don't want them to fall in love with me. Basically, American Idol really tried to push the fact that my mom passed away last okay. year. They were like, they asked a lot of questions about it and like pushed it really, really, really hard. And I kind of pushed back and I was like, you know what? Like, yes, my mom is a part of my story, a huge part of my story, but like, this is really raw because this happened two months ago. Yeah. And also, like, do you want me here as a singer or do you want me here because I have a story that's compelling? And if you watch the show, it's like, there's a lot of stories, a lot yeah. of stories and not that any of them are untrue or anything, but it's like, I felt like they were just pushing me. It's like, who has, to, who has the saddest story that we can kind of push? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Why didn't I get aired? Well, because I didn't give them the emotional reaction that they wanted and uh, because they had other dead parent stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Like, that's what it is. No, no. Hey, uh, it's, it's, it's fair. I mean, I, I used to watch it when I was younger when they had like Paula Abdul and Simon on. And like, yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember. Like, I, I listen, Kelly Clarkson's story is good, but I don't remember being invested in Kelly Clarkson's story because like it was sad. I was just like, think about it. She was a zookeeper. And then she becomes like, she wins it. And now she has her own TV show. But I'm like, that's enough for me. Like the, your yeah. story, like and, and even if the winner is tomorrow or like whoever the winner is and they're like, like, I came from a single home family and I used to work at Walmart. I'm like, that's sick enough. I don't need to know like, you know, oh, well, actually we didn't choose her because actually this guy over here, let me tell you, he came from like a third world country. I'm like, good. He's still a good singer, but like judge him on the voice. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I think it's an interesting story to go back on because, yeah, like I, I remember one clip I watched, I think it was from this season, is uh, it was a mom and she had her child there. And all three of them at first, I think, said no. And then her child, and again, it's reality TV. So you're telling me this isn't planted. She goes over and takes one of the golden tickets and gives yeah. it to the, to the mom. And it was almost like, no, no, sweetie, put that back. And she was like so devastated. And then three of them were like, okay, we're going to give you a second chance. I'm like, you tell me that's not planted. Like you tell me that, that, that like if it was a normal TV show, it's like, tell your fucking kid to put back the golden ticket. We said, no, <laughs> leave. Yeah. I, I can't tell you that that wasn't yeah, planted. I yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, under, I understand. Like, I mean, listen, it's just, Oh, people, and there was, people, a, there, yeah. Oh, there was another thing. Uh, what, I, first of all, I'm good friends with like a lot of people on the show. 
my friend Iam is uh, that uh, Hawaiian guy who's the singer, and he's incredible. Like, literally, I think he's going to win, and I want him to win. Uh, the, like, I would be happy if anybody won, but, like, I think he's got it, and he's so good. Uh, but in these interviews, they were talking about uh, he, was, he lost his dad, and uh, he was talking about uh, how this guitar – was like all that his dad left of him and like it, it, he can't perform without it and everything like that and like it was so sentimental and and then right before his duet performance that guitar is not working okay and i'm like i really hope that they didn't set that up to like pretend like his guitar wasn't working so that he had to use their guitar yeah and put him into an uncomfortable position. But knowing what I know about the show, it's like, I wouldn't put it past them. You know? It's, it's, so it's, it's like any reality TV show, show. Like, I'm sure when we were first introduced to reality TV, there's a part of you that's like, oh, this is real. But then when, like, you go back and watch a lot of reality TV, you're kind of like, all right, it's just acting for the most yeah. part of how good of an actor you are. Like, I have friends that like Survivor and like The Bachelor and Bachelorette. I'm like... You're telling me in like, I don't know, say there's 20 seasons. I don't know how many seasons there are of The Bachelor or whatever, but it's like you're telling me in 20 seasons of The Bachelor that there's never been just a normal season where it's like, hey, I know there's 20 of you, but I really get along with this girl over here. Can I just, it's like, no, we have to ride this out for 20 weeks. It's like, fuck. It's like, yeah, (laughs) but I I like this girl. And it's like, well, can you just pretend you don't? It's like, why? It's like, because we need we need to make money off the show. It's like, okay, can I just quit? And it's like, oh, yes, you quit. That's going to be our episode for next week. It's like, and then like the, the, the closing where it's like, like Braden walks off of uh, the bachelor. Will he come back? And then it's like, I'm watching next week. It's like, but why? Let him be. Yeah, <laughs> leave him alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. What's your plans for the remainder of 2023? Because again, you kind of said you're going off a little bit of a high people are like engaging with you on social media and you always want to keep touring, but like, what are some goals that you have for 2023? Obviously it's, Hey, can we go to Newfoundland? Cause I haven't been to Newfoundland. What's wrong with you, Brayden? Come out to the East coast. No. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. I mean, well, the goal is definitely to like build enough fans to get to that point where we can tour consistently to like everywhere in Canada. Cause like I'll get messages just like that. They're like, Hey, can you come to Newfoundland or uh, Halifax or PEI? And I'm like, I would love to, but I'm pretty sure it's only you that knows me out there. And <laughs> unless you're going bu- to buy a $2,000 ticket, I don't think, yeah, yeah. I don't think we can afford to like, it, it doesn't work in the business plan. Uh, Absolutely. So the goal is to continue to tour the markets that are working for us, Alberta, Saskatchewan, hopefully BC. We'll see after this tour. I've never played in BC. I'm releasing a new song every eight weeks for the next two years. Okay. And I've said that on enough podcasts and interviews that I can't turn my back on that. So, and the nice thing is we have the plan. We have okay. it in place. We have the songs recorded. It's not like, Oh, I have this idea. I'm just going to do it. And then have no way of like acting on it. It's like, okay, yeah, this is actually planned out. We have the songs written. We have, we're recorded until January of next year. And now we just got to get back and record till the end of the year for next year. Literally like just the consistent touring. It's like my biggest goal is like, I want to look back on like, if I look back on what I was doing 
this time last year? Well, I was uh, just finishing up a uh, Saskatchewan and Alberta tour, me and my acoustic guitar. That was it. Solo. What am I doing this year at this time? I'm going on Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC with a full band. And it's like, okay, I want to see that progression every year. I want to be like, I, I, I'm not competing with anybody except for myself. It's like, I want things to grow. Like, I just want to look back on myself last year and be like, I'm doing better this year. It's like a constant, constant progression. So I don't like to set like a number goal in mind. I don't say I, I want to have 30,000 monthly listeners. No, I, I want to have more monthly listeners this year than I had last year. And I don't want to set like, I don't want to be like, I want to open for someone at the saddle dome. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say that. Would I, would I accept a hundred percent, but I don't want to. And do I like putting that in, into existence? Sure. Like one day I'm going to play the saddle dome one day, but I don't want to say in the next two years, that's a goal because I don't want to let myself down. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. To kind of close it out, Braden, uh, I want to ask maybe like two, two random questions just to kind of close it. Um, yeah. So I have a random question generator here. Uh, what is your biggest fear? I've been asked this question so many times, not so much in like interviews, but like, just life. Uh, yeah, in life. Ah, that's so tough. I'll let you think, but I'll give you I'll give you mine. So mine yeah, like, is it's just like an, an easy one to kind of say, but I mean people like I don't know, people dissect everything these days, but I used to say like, yeah, I'm afraid of heights. And people are like, Okay, that seems normal. They're like, But are you afraid of the height or are you afraid of falling? I'm just like, Can I be scared of both? Like, can I be scared of like being on yeah. a height and falling? Because like Damn. listen, and, and this is where I argue is like I think it's heights because if I'm on my bed and I fall, I'm not scared to fall off my bed. So it's not like the general fear of falling. Like I can fall. It's like the height of which I am falling scares me. I can, yeah. fall, I can fall off a stage and be like, you know what? Yeah, that kind of hurt, but I wasn't scared. Uh, yeah. But if I'm falling off a high dive and swimming, even if I know how to swim, I'm like, you know what? This is kind of fucking scary. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I can't really think of anything right now. Okay. We'll, 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 no, no, we'll just say you were afraid to answer the question. I'm afraid to answer <laughs> that question. I will say, I will say that I am currently on a, uh, a nature retreat. My girlfriend is getting her certificate in forest therapy, which is a extremely hard profession to explain unless you go and experience it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I went on, a. They call it a forest bathing walk uh, with her two days ago and the group. And it was like the most like refreshing and relaxing thing I've ever experienced. And it was just so, so cool. And like, she's definitely more calm minded than I am. So she's able to uh, get into that, I guess, Zen zone uh, a bit better than I can. Uh, but Anyways, we are out here uh, in Mission, BC, and I was walking around yesterday, and I know that there's bears around, and, like, I'm a big dude, so, I, I like, but it's just, like, the uh, will I see a bear anticipation. Okay, you know? yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. Like, I feel like, unless it's, like, a freaking grizzly bear, I'm going to be okay, like, and there's not grizzly bears around here. Like, I'm six foot nine. I'm probably bigger than the bear. 
like you know it's like <laughs> um and usually they are more scared of you unless you're getting too close to their cubs or whatever it's but true. uh yeah i remember just feeling like i was walking through the forest alone yesterday because i was walking to this lake because it was really hot and i wanted to go for a swim and i just remember anxiousness of like is there going to be something like am i going to see something i don't know if that was fear or just like anxiety okay I don't uh, know. That, that's that's, that's what's up that's what's off the top of my head right now that's fair what's it like what's a go-to like it, it's not like your go-to favorite movie but a go-to oh. cheesy movie that you'll watch over and over again like you know people don't like it you know people are going to be like man why are you watching this but you're like man it just it just touches your heartstrings or you're like i like it and that's why i'm watching it comfort movie that i go back to all the time is like uh super bad oh yeah okay my guitarist came uh, roman came and stayed with me in lethbridge for like we don't get to like bro out a whole lot you know just like hang out uh, because anytime we he lives in evanston i actually live in lethbridge now yeah. which uh which is like five hours away and i invited him down to stay in lethbridge um for a couple of days and like just to hang out i was like you want to watch super bad and he's like yeah so of course we've both seen it so many times it's just a great comedy movie yeah and other favorite movie uh, school of rock which once again not that's, cheesy that's it's fair. a kick kick-ass movie i feel like i feel like you know what i'm with you with school of rock super bad to me sounds like something that you know people are gonna like but like i mean like and but i feel like school of rock is where that borderline is like you're gonna have people like i don't really like this but they'll watch it because they like who's in it right it's, it's like yeah i i have a friend i think i asked this one time to him in like a random question generator as well and he he said stepbrothers and i was like you know what i that's a fair that's a fair answer it's not like i will watch stepbrothers over and over again but i can see someone sitting there and being like you know what not the greatest will ferrell movie but you asked me is it cheesy is it something that's like i watch it but other people don't probably want to watch and i'm like you answered it right on the button because i would not watch yeah. that over and over <laughs> i mean i would never be disappointed to watch stepbrothers yeah but uh i i see where you're coming from yeah 100 yeah. like my my favorite go-to movie is mr deeds but i feel like someone would be like is are, is that your answer for this question i'm like no but someone might right. say that is a cringy movie i don't really like it i'm just like that's fine but i'm like that's my go-to favorite movie mr deeds and they're like but why i'm oh. like it's just it's pretty simple it's it's an adam sandler movie without it actually being too adam sandler-ish if you know what i mean like it's not like you know all stupid humor all the time and then plus you have winona rider who does not like winona rider yeah dude but how about how about napoleon dynamite i think that rides that that's line. a good yeah that that would be a solid answer too because it's stupid enough that you're like why the fuck am i watching this but good enough yeah. that you're like it, it it makes sense that i can remember lines from that movie it's like oh man yeah <laughs> i think i think that movie is just phenomenal it's like what are you gonna do just, today napoleon it's like whatever you <laughs> fucking want so leave me alone. <laughs> oh my god that reminds me i haven't watched that in a long time and i need to there you go. Well, that's, that's what you'll do you, while you're waiting for like your girlfriend to finish up. You just be like, "I'm." What are you doing? It's like, well, I was doing an interview, and then I'm yeah. now watching Napoleon Dynamite. Why? Because we finished it off on Napoleon Dynamite. Okay. Yeah, that's it's okay. what needed to happen. Yeah. Now and and it's like, why do you all of a sudden own a llama? It's like, eat your carrots. <laughs> <laughs> Gina, eat your freaking dinner. Yeah, 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 eat your taters. 
Yeah. Dude, but I, actually, I think the best person in that movie is Uncle Rico, man. He's like, oh, yeah. just like, oh, man, I wish I could go back to 82 and we <laughs> take state. Like, <laughs> we take state. I'm like, come yeah. on, man. That's where he's living. He's like, he's like, all my life would change if we could just go back there. <laughs> go back and take state. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Brayden King for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's Take This Outside, a new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's Take This Outside, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.